0: G'day, welcome to another episode of Sidekick TV. Again, we've got a familiar face, we've got Sam Wilkinson from Oryx Finance with us today. Uh, the reason that we're doing this video is, this came from a chat that we were having the other week, has not it? That's right. uh, We were talking about what business are you truly in? It's very easy when we run businesses to, to Think that we do a certain thing, um, but ultimately we, um, uh, you know, what does our client value? So it's a bit of a broad context, um, but uh, with Sam's experience in both, you know, finance from a banking perspective, uh, even vehicle sales, which is something that we both share uh, from a number of years ago. Thanks
1: for bringing
0: that up. That <laughs> um, you know, with the ANZ Bank and with Oryx as well. Yeah. Obviously, this is something that uh, we see really regularly. So. Um, Sam, I suppose one of the first questions um, I'd ask you would be, you know, you know, where do you see it that perhaps people are looking, looking in the wrong place for, you know, what business they're truly in?
1: Yeah, good question, Rick. And again, thanks for having me. I'm glad that we're not one and done. Yeah. So second time around. So thank you for that. Uh, Look, I think it's really easy in business to fall into the trap of trying to do too many things. And trying to diversify really quickly and grow really quickly, and um, that comes with some pain. And I think uh, where businesses can add value to themselves really is to be really ruthless about pulling the levers in their business that might be smaller, but are going to make an impact on their core business. Yeah. Um, That kind of sounds fluffy, right? Yeah. But focusing on what is my core business, and
0: what are the things I can do to actually impact that core business? Yeah, I, I see it quite a lot actually where we've got people in, let's um, call it manufacturing, uh, basic manufacturing, um, and all of a sudden, you know, they've been using a supplier for this kind of service here, that's stopped, or they've got frustrated, and they've then right. taken on doing that themselves, so yeah. it's the uh, yeah, engineers will do this a lot going, oh, I can make that bolt. Yeah, right. Cool, make that bolt maybe, but actually your core business is over here selling these widgets. Yeah. You can already buy that bolt. You know? That's right,
1: yeah. And what's a good use of your time as mm. a business owner or director or whatever it might be? Yeah. And, and is it taking a diversion away from your core business to try and fix a problem and make that problem your problem? Or is it you know, bringing in a party who can can do that better, a different supplier or Mm. whoever it might be, to help make things easier for you to focus on what your core business is. Yeah,
0: yeah. You were saying as well that you're seeing this a lot around, um, from a finance perspective, uh, people that are wanting to buy heavy plant and equipment, Mm. um, great, let's say you you sell diggers or uh, lorries, Um, sorry you say trucks here, I've (laughs) I've not. (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> Trucks. We can call them lorries if you want. Yeah. <laughs> um, and, you know, you, you talk about other options, like, well, why don't you lease it? Right. Um, and you were saying that that's just an alien concept to people.
1: It really depends on the, the structure of the business, right? A, let's say you're a transport company. Um, if there's a, a board set up, um, then quite often those businesses will... Look at options around finance or leasing and making it an uh, 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 operating expense. Yep. So that means that um, you know the vehicle itself isn't something that they outlay a massive amount of capital for, because they understand that you know, they can use that capital elsewhere in their business to mm. get a better return on investment than purchasing a depreciating asset. Um, so you sort of see that quite a bit. Then with some of the smaller businesses, there's a real, we have a real cultural thing in New Zealand around, well, I have to own it. Yeah. And it's like, well. Well, look at the debate right now around housing. You know? Yeah, that's right. I can't live in a
0: house without owning it. Well, you actually can. Most really wealthy property investors don't own the house that they live in.
1: Right, okay. (laughs) Right, so. Exactly, and it's a similar principle, I guess. It's like, well, is your core business owning a depreciating asset? You know, especially as that asset starts to age, and the repair and maintenance becomes quite a quite an issue. Um, or is your core business being, a, you know, for a transport company, for example, is that getting goods from A to B and then B back to A with yeah. great service and, um, you know, in a timely manner? Yeah. And therefore making a margin on the transport of mm. those goods. And if that is the case, then, does having a depreciating asset especially as it ages fit into the overall picture of the productivity or the margin that you're
0: making on that business and, yeah um, and that's it. It, it it's very easy to think we're in the business of owning and running trucks yeah what does your client pay for your client pays for you running a truck essentially to move some goods that's right um, but it's like the um
1: your, co- your client's paying to have what they need show up on time yeah and to have good wraparound service around it mm. um, and that will continue the
0: ongoing repeat business yeah that then makes me think as well um and it was another big example that we were talking about with this is what then does disruption look like in your business so we've spoken about it from say owning using assets then we might start thinking about what that asset class might actually be right. um, it's the the new zealand post scenario for me yeah. which is I believe New Zealand Post thought their business was moving parcels and letters around the country. Uh, Then telecom as it was created extra email domains and um, you know email was launched uh, around New Zealand and all of a sudden big businesses and uh, and, uh, and others you know consumers were sending emails not letters. Now it wasn't that someone came and started doing NZ Post's job by delivering more letters. It was that letters kind of stopped because what was actually wanted was the data. Okay, so um, your power company wants to send you a bill. All of a sudden, email is a far better way of doing it, not um, not a van with letters, with a man delivering it. Okay, so are we going to see, I mean, I think we're going to see that in a lot of tech-driven industries, but are you seeing yep. it in any other industries, plant and equipment-wise? or?
1: Yeah, that's a, another good question, It's really interesting. I was About a month or so ago, I was on a conference call with the Road Transport Forum in New Zealand, and um, Cameron Bagri, the economist, was, um, I guess, the headline on that call. Um, he's quite well-known in the media. Um, his commentary around the economy in general in New Zealand and he was talking about the pace of change. Well one of the things he was talking about was the pace of change and how you know due to COVID and other market factors all businesses really need to be thinking about pace of change um, as exponential whereas in the past that could have been seen as more linear linear and predictable Mm. change whereas at the moment it's like well 2020 has been a pretty full on year. We don't know what 2021 is going to look like. However, we do know that there will be change and we do know because of increasing tech that that change will be rapid, right? Yeah. Um, So what are the decisions I can make now that might seem risky now, um, but are going to make a big impact on my business in future years? Because in fact, the bigger risk might actually be doing what we've always done. Yeah. Therefore, getting overtaken by competition and the like. So, I think across um, business segments, whether it be transport, um, engineering, yeah. wherever, they will be impacted in a way by technology and changing work patterns. like yeah. For example, working at home, um, and that change will be mm. exponential in its speed. Uh, if if businesses don't adapt quickly, then, or we'll, you know, try and see. Where, where could we be in twelve months twenty four months, and how can we make decisions now to help us get there um, then that's when might see drop in productivity mm-hmm. and um, being overtaken by the competition
0: yeah you've, you've touched on two things there that um you know always resonate with me the uh, uh, first of was the um, einstein 's quote, which was the definition of insanity, doing the same yeah. thing over and over and expecting difficult uh, sorry different results look I actually think um that's not going to be the case soon. I think if you do the same thing over and over and over again, you are going to get different results, but they're going to be diminishing results. Yeah. <laughs> right? I think that um, change is going to be thrust upon us at such a rate that we just have to embrace it or get wiped out, um, you know, Darwin's theory then, really. Yeah. Um, but the other thing you say is there too about um, Changing working habits, okay, so working from home. I mean, we're on Victoria Street here, and you look around, um, ignore the other accountant's logo in the background, okay? Um, but there's, there's <laughs> yeah, <laughs> uh, there are a number of um, empty uh, buildings around us here. Now, this working from home mentality, that is not going to help any of these. Uh, also, you look at a lot of businesses that might be growing, they're, they're doing really, really well, and they're going, oh, we're going to outgrow these premises pretty soon. Mm. Common, you know, yep. common concern for a lot of uh, businesses we work with. Now, well, actually, you might not. Um, is it Vodafone that if all of their uh, team tried to go to the the office one day they'd be like 30% understocked for desks Mm -hmm. so actually can we be nimble can we look to reduce costs here that's that whole thing again of being so aware of your finances, going what is a necessary expense? Do I need to go and spend two thousand dollars a workstation, uh, right. plus plus your screens, plus this, plus the the actual space of probably three hundred dollars a square meter to have it right? That's right. Yeah. A year, or do we go into uh, flexible working situations? Do we go into yeah um, having more people working away? I just think really it comes back to that. Holding on to your cash, for the most part, um, and looking at what your business needs to survive and what people value.
1: So, of course, that's another thing that was actually mentioned on that that conference call by Cameron Bagri is that um, a lot of people holding on to their cash at the moment is um, their form of risk mitigation. Yeah. um, As opposed to going out and spending it per se, they're just sort of seeing what happens. Yeah. know that hopefully a resolution to COVID coming up next year, at least in the short term. But I think we're going to see, you know, with this vaccine news that things start to free up a little
0: attention mm.
1: as people start to plan because if you're not planning now for what the future looks like in your business, then well, we should be. Um, and chatting to a his team about what
0: that might look like. Yeah, I mean, I encourage that anyway. So yeah, um, but the I, I would agree. Okay, so we've got big trends there, haven't we? That yep. um, people are holding on to cash. Again, when we've got grave health concerns in our, um, in our communities, right? Whether they're, uh, whether they're a real risk that you're going to suffer from or not, you, know, you might think, well, it's not going to affect me. I'm not 75. Well, actually, that might be one person's view, but uh, someone in your team that's got a 75-year-old um, you know, parent living at home, they've got a completely different lookout on this. So I think about it for us. As an accountancy firm, is our business Having twenty-five people in there supporting clients. No, are they we- going to see this video? <laughs> <laughs> oh no, I want them all to still oh, okay. stay stay around. And, right. and there aren't twenty-five yeah. yet, but okay. um, but you know, it's actually no, it's probably fifteen people in there, ten people out and about seeing clients, yeah, being right. you know, being interesting, having meetings, yeah. learning their business. Yep. Do you need a, a permanent fixed desk for everyone? Well, right now yeah, we kind of do because it's the 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 norm but actually it would be a sensible evolution to think not, Mm. yeah. Um, And and this was something that we've been considering here was around, right, we're pretty much full now, we've got three people joining us in January. We're full, what next? Yeah, sure. I haven't asked myself these questions yet, of going, do we just be more nimble, desk chair? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: And I guess to add a layer onto the question you asked me before about you know change—now we're going to see much, especially in the, you know, a lot of the businesses that I deal with around the transport industry—we um, see huge changes in technology coming through with um, you know trucks and what they actually provide in terms of uh, health and safety to businesses and comfort to the drivers, and um, risk mitigation. So think that there is huge change in that industry yeah like there's some of the latest you know, models and manufacturers that are coming out might have 20 or 30 computers in that in that vehicle um to help the vehicle be you know more efficient yeah. and safe provide better comfort to the driver and then oversight to the business on what was happening with that vehicle and um, then you've got the emissions side of things which mostly with euro standards Uh, impacting the industry as well with manufacturers being forced to, um, and rightly so, be Mm. as efficient as possible with the vehicles that are coming through. So what you end up seeing is that even in an industry like trucking, the speed to obsolescence of the product itself Mm. is rapidly increasing. So if you go and buy something now that might cost you, you know, 400 grand. What's that gonna look like in five years? What's it actually gonna be worth? Yeah. Is that a good use of all that capital that you're gonna spend up front? Yeah. Um whereas if that's not actually my core business, could I get better return on investment from using that four hundred K in other ways? Yeah. And leasing this vehicle. Um so and I can include my you know, my repairs and maintenance and fleet management and everything within that monthly package and then five years down the track I can go, oh, actually this New model that's coming through has better technology, better emissions. It's better for my company, for my staff, for all of these reasons. Mm. And we're just going to, you know, slide into this one, and, mm. or we have the option to purchase the one that we've had. But actually, probably, the newer one, probably makes a lot of sense for our business. Yeah, um, because you see, you know, with you know, vehicles spending time off the road as they get older, that that's a massive cost to the businesses that I deal with. So
0: yeah. Uh, we see that. I mean, um, the, you know, w- one of the most uh, struggling businesses we ever worked with in that um, space, it was struggling because it had old kit. Yeah. Inefficient, expensive, would break. Yeah. When it breaks, it's not making money. Ah. So, um, and, and this was a business that was, uh, you know, out and out. We own trucks and run them. Well, yeah. your clients pay for you to move stuff. Yeah. And they don't care how that happens, you know. So, um, yeah. So, so, leasing like that, and and like you say with these vehicles, it's um, and this sorry, not not to just promote leasing, but it's it's about promoting a different way of thinking about how your business operates. Um, it, it, coming back to what does your client really want? And then what does your business really do? Mm. And uh, I think a lot of people don't wanna say, well, we we own a lot of heavily polluting, unsafe vehicles to move things around. That's right. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah, that's um, not a great stigma. No. <laughs> no. no. Okay. And so um, look, I mean hopefully this has been uh, useful for yourselves it's I want every business to really think about this think of it in your customers eyes and especially when we go into the um, into the Christmas break you know next week um, what does your customer actually pay for and does that actually match with what you pay for in your business you know who likes going turning up to the accountant and going oh yeah we pay for all this lease <laughs> No one, right? Um, the, you drive past the logistics business and at the weekend and you go, "Oh, all those trucks look beautiful, all lined up like that. But my head ticks over and goes, there's $10 million worth of trucks there. Yeah. You know, that must be expensive to, to use or, or what have you. So, you know, really I think just consider now truly what does your client pay for in your business and really wrap your business around that.
1: So, <laughs> It could well be worth spending a bit of money with your accountant, hopefully reckon and the team <laughs> and say, hey, look, I'm going to spend X amount here, but help me save over the next financial year, help me save more. Yeah. Um, I've always found that from feedback from businesses that I deal with, uh, a decent plan with your accountant and a bit of money spent with your accountant is a good return on investment um, because then they can look into things and help you be proactive instead of reactive. Um, and really make the most of you know those little levers within your business that are going to make an impact on your own bottom line. Mm. So that would be, um, yeah, definitely cool. a recommendation that, that I would
0: make. Mm-hmm. Awesome! Thanks. Cheers, Sam. You're welcome. Cool. Thank you, everyone, for watching. All the best. Have a great Christmas and New Year.